0: Narcissists can be incredibly controlling and as you go through your narcissistic abuse recovery You might find yourself remembering some of the horrible things that you went through during your abuse Well today I'm answering a question from Rachel one of my spam members who says that she was very controlled So she's going to tell her story and ask me a few questions right here in this video today. So let's get started My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover understand and overcome Narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. If that sounds good to you Hit that subscribe button and let's get going. I'm gonna start right off with Rachel's question. So
1: let's get to it. Hi Angie It's me Rachel. Hi Rachel. I am more of a thinker more than anything That's why I keep posting out my videos like hmm, what am I thinking today? And I love your replies I love your videos. Your trauma bonding video was amazing. Seriously. Thank you. Now my question for you, and and I know that there's other people on the site, on the SPAN site, that are probably wondering the same thing. Why does the narcissist control your wardrobe? From anything to shirts, to socks, to bras, to panties, it's just everything you can come up with. He even went as far as to beauty pro- products, uh, hair care, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I couldn't really be myself Angie because he didn't like who I was. As you can tell, I have a cat thing. I love cats. Me too! And I'm a pink girl myself, Angie. I love pink, and my narcissist didn't like pink. I wasn't able to have my blanket, this blanket, on the bed because it didn't match the bed. He's a cerebral, closet gay narcissist with major OCD, and the OCD is like way to the max crazy. So um, the worst thing that ever happened is when I was in Walmart, we were shopping, and I was getting nail polish, which, oh my, I need to do these before tomorrow. <laughs> uh, he freaked out on me. We got into an argument about nail polish, and they, and they heard us talking about it. They're like, your boyfriend knows a lot about nail polish. And I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> kind of funny, right? But it also made me wonder, like, why are we talking about this in front of other people? And we're in the beauty section looking at nail polish and you're telling me no you wanna get this this has this and this and this and it's better in it and I'm like I just want pink nail polish that's all I want so why does the narcissist take things away from you Uh, even in distance uh, long-distance relationship people out there uh, have you you know with your narcissist in a long-distance relationship not by choice by the way Uh, my ex actually went through my stuff over Skype and started throwing stuff away that he didn't like about me, which was half of my wardrobe. It was horrible. Mm-mm. Oh, and I mean, I like cats. I had a lot of cat stuff, like cat fashion, as you can tell. Um, you know, I have the cat blanket I made this from Joanne fabric. Love it, love it. And then I have paint you know, pink leopard stuff. I love cats. Super cute. That's just my personality. It doesn't make me childish. It's just who I am. I don't know why the narcissist wouldn't let me have a cat myself or any kind of pet either. He was very controlling. Food, beauty products, my wardrobe, everything. The narcissist controlled it all. And he wouldn't let me be myself. And it drove me crazy. Sometimes I find myself wondering, Angie, am I too too childish? Am I too pink? (laughs) I guess that's a good question to ask. Can you be too pink?
0: All right. Alright Rachel, let's talk about that. First of all, I don't think you can be too pink. I mean if being really really pink makes you really really childish, I'm in big trouble. Okay, just saying. Personal, personal opinion. Okay, but regarding the rest of your question, the narcissist controls people because they want to be the center of everything. They want to be in control because if they're in control, you won't leave them. You won't do anything they don't want you to do and you'll be there to be their supply. Clearly because you allowed him to to throw away your clothing and, and allowed him to choose your nail polish and stuff like that, you were under the influence of a narcissist. You you have the right to choose your wardrobe, you have the right to choose your clothing, you have the right to choose everything about yourself, including your bedspread. Okay, so let's get into a little depth here, shall we? A lot of narcissists think they just know everything. They think that because they think it, it must be true. So I'm guessing regarding the cats and the pink, it had a lot to do with his personal preferences. Of course as I'm editing this video, I think that the cat may have also had to do with the fact that if you had a cat, you had someone else to pay attention to. I'm not kidding. That's really a thing. Some narcissists refuse to have children for that reason. Others will have children and then treat the children like objects or possessions for the same reason. They get jealous of their own children sometimes when they're newborn babies, just because mommy pays more attention to baby than to them just wanted to throw that in there. Now, I'll be real straight up with you. My husband is not real thrilled with pink. Now, he likes it if I wear pink, because who wouldn't? (laughs) Just kidding. He likes it when I wear pink. He doesn't mind that I've decorated my office in pink. He knows it's my favorite color, but of course, when I decorated our bedroom, I did it in more of a, a reddish kind of color, red and cream kind of colors. My point is colors should not matter. Narcissists think they know everything. Narcissists think everything they think, say, and feel is fact, not opinion. Narcissists want to be in control because if they're in control of you, they think they can run the show. They think you can be the center, you know, they can be the center of your world. They would not hesitate to tell a lawyer how to go to court if, if they were a garbage man. You know, if the narcissist was a garbage man going to a court date, they might be happy to tell the attorney, this is how you're going to run my case. Tell me, um, they'll tell their doctor how to do their job. They think they know everything. They think they know more than everyone else. As you know, they're not afraid to show it. So I think that's where it starts. The narcissist might say something like, You know, if you say, oh look, the sky's a really pretty shade of blue today, they might go, you know what, a lot of people think the sky is blue, but really the sky is green and I'm going to tell you my theory that contradicts science and every other opinion on the planet and explain to you why everybody's wrong. (laughs) you heard something like that before, right? You say he's a cerebral narcissist who's a closeted gay man. My suspicion is that maybe he wishes he could do pink and, you know, kitties and whatnot all around his stuff and he feels jealous of the fact that you did it because obviously it allows you to be girly and if he secretly wants to be more feminine that could be offensive to him i don't know about your panties and your your clothing as far as what he was choosing for you but i would say again that's a control freak thing that's a i want to be the boss of everybody thing. i would suggest that because it was a long distance relationship maybe he was trying to put you in things that were less sexy or things he was jealous that you would wear or things that you know he was afraid maybe someone else would hit on you and i think maybe if with it having been a long distance relationship with him having if, if you're correct in your assessment of him having been a closeted gay man uh It's possible that he wasn't able to admit that to himself for some reason, but he was keeping the the distance so that he wouldn't have to face himself dealing with his sexuality when he was with you. It's all about control. Who did you describe to me? You described someone who's always trying to be in control. Every single tactic that a narcissist uses is meant to take your freedom Emotionally physically and otherwise from you. They want to control you. They want to validate their own control That's it. Their main concern in life is first What do I need and how do I get it and second? How can I be in control of everybody in my life pretty much so yes, ma'am that's it. Another possibility here is it's about making you doubt yourself. They want us to doubt our intuition. They want us to doubt our opinions. So if he starts in with you on little things like cats and you know, what pet you can have at your house, what blanket you can have on your bed, what colors you can wear, your nail polish, uh, you know, this is his attempt to make you doubt yourself and doubt your intuition and it serves him because he can use it to gaslight you. He told you you were childish, so he spent, you probably spent time trying to figure out how to be more of an adult, right? But You didn't need to. You're already an adult. Adults can like pink. It's true. And cats. I like pink and cats, girl. I'm on the same page. The behaviors of the narcissist are just mind-boggling. They are so outrageous that we, we can barely stand to deal with them. We are so shocked. Even years into a relationship with a narcissist. We can be shocked and horrified. So I think what it all comes down to Rachel is that you have to learn to trust yourself again. You have to learn to listen to your intuition and I know you're working really hard on that. and I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy that you're part of my little Lee, <laughs> my span family and I'm so happy that you are, you know, digging right into the community and doing what you need to do to take care of yourself. I know it's not easy and I'm, I'm proud of you for standing up and doing it for yourself, for loving yourself enough to do it and I know it's hard. I know it's not easy. But you can do it. Keep going girl. Keep going. You're beautiful. I love the pink. I love the cats and I love you Rachel Have a wonderful day everybody. I'm gonna wrap up for now I will see you later today for another video hugs and love and all the good stuff Mwah season It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot, take it now, and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Good morning, survivors, and happy Friday. Today, we're going to talk about why narcissists require that you doubt yourself. All right, so let's dig right in. My name is Angie Atkinson, and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life you But first, do you have your coffee? This is one of my favorite dollar store cups. <laughs> Alright, let's get to it. So whether we're talking about childhood teasing, or we're talking about real-life grown-up put-downs, it's really not any fun to be on the receiving end of what can be a very painful insult from a narcissist. Of course, as much as you try to ignore the insults, you try to push them aside and understand that they're coming from someone who isn't quite together in certain ways. Part of it sticks to you. Part of it makes you think, you know what, maybe there really is something wrong with me. You might assume that people who insult you aren't intentionally trying to make you feel bad. but oh, they're just trying to help, right? You might think that maybe they're being funny or they're you know, showing affection or being, you know, Oh, poke, poke, poke. It's just so funny. It's their sense of humor, you know? Well, it might seem like an insult is nothing, like it, it's just you're being oversensitive or you're you're thinking too much or whatever. It sends you a message that you aren't good enough, that you're not right, that something's wrong with you. Sometimes insults can bounce right off, things that you know aren't true, like, you know, if somebody says to you that you're just the dumbest person they ever met, You're probably not the dumbest person they ever met. People who have a lot of narcissistic tendencies tend to see themselves as more important than other people. And therefore, they think they deserve better treatment. Um, We like to call this entitlement in the business. And these people, as we all know, narcissists, they might spend a lot of time on their appearance or they might think they're the center of the universe or both. Or, you know, there might be a lot of egocentric... (laughs) <laughs> Egocentric behavior. Uh, the belief that they are better than other people is really what the core of their personality is. It's really what makes the grandiosity factor such a big deal with narcissists. Um, and because they think they're more important than other people, a lot of times they are taking advantage of those people. Okay? So, as we all know, narcissists lack empathy and they don't realize or care usually, if their insults and remarks um, cause their targets pain. And, of course, they're going to pronounce judgments like crazy. They're going to act like they have a right to judge people. And most of the time, you will be considered inferior by a narcissist. So, sure, knowing the qualities helps. But when you know the qualities, then you understand exactly why it's so easy for a narcissist to hurt other people. And, you know, while some people will tell you, and I will agree, that up to a point, narcissism in the toxic form is kind of a cover up because these people are, you know, scared to be vulnerable because they're really secretly insecure, believe it or not. Um, they insult other people to feel better about themselves. So they might be likely to make terrible comments about you when they're feeling threatened or in some way exposed. Do you understand? So why do they need you to feel bad about yourself is the question. Well, research has shown that narcissists are more likely to respond aggressively to you when they feel threatened by something like social rejection or personal rejection. They also really don't like it if they get any sort of negative feedback from anyone about anything. In general, most people rate themselves a little higher than they would rate other people. So the whole better than average effect, right? But Narcissists should be or are especially likely to do so when it comes to dealing with power and achievement People who are ordinary with high self-esteem people who are not narcissists um, Generally are going to judge themselves on how much they're liked by other people where narcissists are going to judge themselves on power and achievement because narcissists Want to be liked by people, but they don't care as much as long as the people are behaving in the way that they find appropriate if I'm sure you understand. As it turns out narcissists want to put everybody down. They don't even care in some cases if there is a threat to their feelings of self-importance. So what it comes down to is that people who are not narcissistic in the toxic form will generally put people down only if they feel that they are being threatened, whereas narcissists who are not being threatened will still put people down. Does that make sense? So insulting people is just part of who they are. So no matter what you do, narcissists are going to try to make you feel bad about yourself. No matter what you do, you can't win over a narcissist, not really. That is unless you're of course better than them and they think so. Um, a narcissist will intentionally wear you down and push and push and push until you feel absolutely worthless and absolutely um, unappreciated and, and Well, a lot of us have experienced that, a lot of us don't understand why that's happened. So we're going to talk about a few reasons that narcissists need you to feel bad about yourself. All right. Number one being that narcissists are not always, um, in fact, they're never above (laughs) putting you down because of their own self-esteem. They think that when they insult you, it makes them superior to you. So the narcissist feeds his or her ego by making you feel bad about yourself by holding power over you and of your emotions. So they are unfortunately very adept at making people feel various things. In the beginning, of course, you know that the narcissist held a lot of power over your positive emotions and your good reactions and the good things in your life. They did it by charming you, by Imitating the perfect mate for you by mirroring you and making you fall in love with the facade of What they were pretending to be instead of what they actually were whereas as time went on the person took off the mask and you began to see who they really were and the fact is that we all feel embarrassed when we find out what we've tolerated and what we've accepted and you know I need you to understand, the narcissist can manipulate anyone, no matter how smart they are. You could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, you could be a police officer, you could be, you know, a life coach. Narcissists have done it to almost everyone in in various types of financial situations, in various types of cultures, you know, various... It doesn't matter who you are, they'll get you if they want to get you, okay, unless you're educated about it, and that's why I'm here. So. When the narcissist learns to read you, learn what you need, what you want, what you hope, what you desire, they create a character that is so perfect for you that it makes your head spin and your heart flutter. You think, oh my god, this is it, this is it, this is really, really it, right? But they they are emulating, they are pretending to be that thing, and they're good at the performance, okay? But when the real narcissist emerges, of course, stuff gets sucky, and basically he or she will... Project their own horrible qualities onto you, they will uh, refer to you as everything they are narcissistic projection, of course, they will convincingly accuse you of being who they are, basically all of the bad things that they are they'll oh you're cheating on me, oh you're ignoring me, oh you're not spending time with me, oh you don't care about me and really that's how they feel about you but or they're doing to you so it's kind of ridiculous uh, they'll point the finger at you then when you have a problem with being treated this way. They continue to feed their ego by controlling your emotions your negative reactions. They will shame you. They will humiliate you They will insult you. They will demonize you. They will gaslight you And they will point the finger at you and say you're crazy. You're out of control da 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 da, da. and even you know Calling you everything they are Then they leave you whether permanently or temporarily they discard you they abandon you emotionally, sometimes physically. Um, they go tell all their friends. They smear campaign you. They they tell everyone, you're crazy. I can't believe I had to put up with this crazy person. Everything is terrible. The worst part is that nobody gets it. I talked about this the other day. Unless you have been in a situation like this or you are somehow educated about this outside of normal stuff, you don't get it. And so the narcissist kind of wins. See, the worst part is that you know, it does make you look bad. It does make you look crazy. You do look like you've hurt them, and they do look like the damaged party, and then you're just like, oh my god, I feel so guilty, even though you really have nothing to feel guilty about. So, remember, you can take back your power. Just because the narcissist makes you feel guilty, or makes you feel bad, or makes you feel crazy, it doesn't, you know, the key word here is that they made you do it. They they implied that you would, you are not bad, you are not crazy, and you haven't done anything wrong to feel mad about. You have just been trying. The narcissist has been playing a game with you, a game of manipulation, a game of you know, teaching you that you're not good enough and and what you have to remember is that you do have control over your emotions. Although you may not have realized that in the past few years or whatever, uh, as long as you've been with a narcissist, you have to understand that you do have some control and the control that you have is over yourself and your own emotions. So refuse to deal with them when they're acting this way, you know, they—the best thing you can do is do the gray rock practice, where you don't give them one bit of your emotion. And remember that the more that you acknowledge this bullshit, the more that you acknowledge this negativity and this this um, accusation-type behavior, the belittling, the insults, the more they will continue to do it. If you just stop dealing with it, stop dealing with them when they behave that way, or entirely if you're lucky. Um, they're going to get bored and they're going to move on and go attack someone else. And I'm not saying that you'd want them to attack someone else, but you certainly don't have to tolerate it yourself. And look, hey, if enough of us stop tolerating it, our whole world could change, just saying. I hope this is helpful for you. The bottom line is the reason narcissists need you to feel bad about themselves is because they can control you that way. That's what it all comes down to. So. That's what I got for you today. What do you think? Have you allowed a narcissist to control you in the past and what are you doing to change that today? That's the question of the day. Question of the day. Have you ever allowed a narcissist to control you before and are you still allowing it? If not, what did you do different? What did you do to change it? Let me know in the comments because you might just help a fellow survivor to move forward in their own lives and do better. All right. I'm wrapping up, I gotta get the girl to school. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you later today for another video. I've got a really exciting one coming for you, so stay tuned. Okay, see you later guys. As always, thanks for letting me be a part of your day and a part of your life, and hey, thanks for being a part of mine. It really does mean a lot to me. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body, take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin. And in your place in this world. Take your spot, take it now and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. How do you stop acting like the person that the narcissist taught you you should be? I'm going to answer that question today in this video. Let's go. Hey survivors, it's Angie Atkinson and if this is your first time here, then let me just really quickly tell you that on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. If that sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. Here's the question. Quick question. My narcissistic mother always compares me endlessly with other people's lives. I've just learned to stop expressing my desires and aspirations for my life. When people ask me what I want, I just stay quiet and it becomes this awkward moment of, oh, are you okay? My question is, how do you break yourself from the silence conditioning that the narcissist has trained you to be? For the last few years, I've been having this symptom lacking of emotional, lacking the emotional connection that I want to have with friends. Thanks a bunch. That is a great question. And here's my response. First of all i just want to say nobody deserves that i've experienced it i think we've all probably experienced something like that at the hands of a narcissist i remember being in a situation where i i felt the need to talk to people because they were asking me questions about myself but i instantly my first assumption was they were just being polite and they didn't really want to know so i would always just push it off to the side. Oh, you know, enough about me. Let's talk about you. And then I got to the point where they really, I realized that, okay, some people really did want to hear what I had to say, but then, well, I just didn't know what to do. I I found myself not knowing how to talk about myself is what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) So how do you become yourself again after narcissistic abuse? How do you learn how to talk about yourself and be a normal person? And why would I say something like that? Well, because the fact is that when we go through this We become so accustomed to not talking about ourselves that we forget how. We become so accustomed to always deferring to the narcissist or whoever that we forget how to talk about ourselves. We're not comfortable being ourselves in every situation, at least initially when we get out of narcissistic abuse. Would that be agreeable? So most people say that they're 90% themselves with close friends, 50% themselves with casual acquaintances and pretty much not themselves from when it comes to a stranger. Being your true self in every situation and every setting is scary, but ultimately it's empowering and it can even be relaxing when you learn to do it the right way. Imagine the relief you're gonna feel when you learn how to do this. You won't have to worry about what other people think of you. You can just be yourself and be okay with that. You can be yourself and you can take control of your life again. It's a beautiful thing my friend. It's quite shocking. It's quite shocking. So here's how you become yourself and you take back your life again. Alright? Number one, meditate. I know. It quiets that part of you that judges things. It quiets your ego. It, it gives you insight into yourself in a way that you might not otherwise get. It's kind of a good thing. Number two, tell the truth. When you're truthful, you show who you are. You reveal yourself. And my friend, yourself is a beautiful thing. It's called unconditional self-love. So be honest about your mistakes. Be honest about your shortcomings and work with it. Number three, be unique. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to stand out from the crowd this time. You know, you spend enough time in the shadow of the narcissist. Step forward and take on your true form. Like Let yourself hang out in all of your glory and I don't mean that literally necessarily. <laughs> you know, keep your clothes on unless you're into that sort of thing. I don't know. But what music do you listen to when you're alone? Let me ask you that. Is it different than the music you listen to around other people? There was a time in my life when I had to just admit look, okay I like 90s music. What? How do you dress when you're by yourself versus how you are with other people? How does your inner self dress? Is your inner self a little sexier than your outer self? Just a thought. Do you keep the unique parts of yourself private or are you willing to share them with the world? It's a good idea. Number four. Notice your crutches. What are the things that you're holding on to that are holding you back? Is it Rocky Road ice cream, mindless internet serving, a double vanilla latte cafe, skinny whatever. If you're using crutches to deal with boredom and they're not helping you in some way, then that could be blocking you from being your true self. I don't really think this is a huge deal. I think personally the purpose of a particular crutch should be discovered and maybe in some cases you can stop using those crutches and kind of just see for yourself what happens. There is such a thing as being able to allow yourself to be imperfect, okay. For example, I've talked about this before, but I have this whole thing where I need to have like one hour of alone time a day where I'm not working, where I just need to like be by myself. And sometimes that's hard when you have kids and a husband and a really busy life, so I just make allowances for it. If that means I have to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, fine. Not a problem. You know, I make allowances, I make, I make, I give myself a little leeway, I make exceptions to my rules sometimes, and I make sure that I get my little weirdnesses taken care of. And and I'm okay with it. That's the thing. I'm embracing my flaws and I am understanding myself better. And that's something you guys can do too. So I want to, I want to talk about being authentic. The fact is that we are conditioned by the narcissist to believe that we should be a certain way. And that way doesn't always fit with who we are. So we become inauthentic as a narcissist's plaything. When the narcissist puts us in our place, as it were, and then we finally are away from the narcissist or trying to go away from the narcissist and trying to rediscover ourselves, we don't even know who ourselves are. And if we've been with the narcissist for our whole lives or several years, Like most of our adult life, like I know a lot of you guys have been, we don't even really always know who we are now because life has changed. People, you know, you've had kids or you've gotten older or or both or you've gone to school. Something has happened. Your life has changed. And so sometimes you don't really know who you are after abuse because you couldn't be the same person even if you didn't meet the narcissist. you know what I'm saying? You naturally evolve in years. And when the narcissist is involved, you evolve in a very unhealthy way that isn't really you. You feel me? Okay. So when you find yourself lying to people or being inauthentic or hiding parts of yourself, I want you to take a moment and I want you to ask yourself, why am I doing that? What is, what is it that's making me think it's okay to hold myself back this way? Something to think about. All right. Number six, I want you to spend time doing things that you really love to do and really enjoy. Okay. What do you really enjoy? Do you play softball so that you'll like fit in on in, at work or something or, and you're really not into softball, or you know, would you rather take like some, you know, dirty dancing lessons or something fun like that, or spend free time doing things that you're more passionate about? That's it. Spend free time doing things you care about. Look, I used to blog in my spare time, okay, and it turned into my whole career. Find something that you're passionate about that you'd love to do and just do it on the side, see what happens, just for fun. You never know. Even if it's fishing, you could still you know, go fishing and, and really enjoy yourself. Kind of also helps with that meditation thing. I want to make a comment really quickly before I move on to number seven. And that is with the meditation thing. I know for me, I, I don't like to sit still and be quiet for very long. So, what I, you know, and not do anything. So what I like to do is walk and listen to music while I meditate. So if you were one of those people that has that issue too, there's a tip. Okay, back to the program. Number seven, do one thing you want to do, but you're scared to do it. What do I mean? Well, look, let's say you want to play the cello. You've always wanted to play the cello, but, you know, you're like 35 or 55 or whatever. And you're like, why would I, what am I going to go sit next to the kids in the cello class? Yep, yeah, if you want to, you can do that. You can take private lessons. Play that cello, girl. or guy. All right. What if you are going to an acting class? What if you, you know, you always wanted to be an actor? Well, should you, should you not do that because you can't expect to become a famous actor at this point? Well, maybe you could, you never know what could happen, but uh, even if you're just doing it for fun, even if you think you're terrible at it, so what? Go do it. It's fun. Be your authentic self, my friend. You've got to love yourself unconditionally and that includes indulging your artistic side and your the side of you that wants to stand up and be a rock star sometimes. You feel me? Everyone secretly wants to be the person to have the nerve to do something out of the box, unconventional, different. Everyone you know might still be stifled or bored, but that doesn't mean you have to be, okay? You can rise above all of that, that's what I'm saying. So number eight, give your opinion. Not necessarily all the time, okay? But give your opinion if it won't hurt someone else. If you're going to see a movie with some friends, be like, I want to see this movie. If your family is like, should we go to the park or the pool? Be like, come on, I got a new bikini, let's go to the pool or whatever. Let your opinion be known. This is something that you forgot how to do, I'm sure, when you if you were with a narcissist for very long. And don't don't assume that you don't have rights and that your vote isn't as equal as everyone else's from now on. Don't waste your breath on people who you know can't hear you. Little tip from me to you about a narcissist. So one last thing though, if like if your sister is like, Hey, how do I look at this dress? Be careful. <laughs> But other than that, you know, state your opinion. Don't hurt people, that's what I'm saying. Number nine, go outside. An indoor environment is unnatural. Even though I'm sure you can hear all of my background noise from my freaking neighbors using their lawn mowers. I should have closed the window before I started. Uh, the air in here is a little bit fresh, but I still need to go outside. You guys need to go outside because outside, you feel the sun. You hear the birds you feel the grass beneath your feet if you're like not scared to walk barefoot in the grass you (laughs) you get yourself into a more natural environment sometimes it can help you to feel more authentic give it a try if it's not your thing i understand but give it a try even just go out on the porch or go to the beach look i'm not a camping person. i'm more of a glamping person like if i was going to go camping i would I would be like, well, can we just camp in a hotel or whatever (laughs) get massages and stuff? But, But I do have respect for going outside. I do. I love to go outside. And and you guys, if if you've been around very long, you saw me doing my vlogs before on my front porch every single day. I love to go outside. Some people want to get like super into nature. I like to be outside. I like to be in nature, but I don't necessarily. I like to plant things and all that. But I don't want to sleep outside. I think that's my limit. I just don't want to sleep outside. (laughs) Off topic. Moving on. Number 10, (laughs) strengthen your boundaries. When your boundaries are weak, your true self becomes smothered. These are the places that we allow other people to determine the rules and set the frame. You'll know these places by the high amount of energy they drain from you. Overcome your need to fit in. Overcome your need to impress other people. No matter what you do, some people are going to be impressed. Other people won't. Why worry about it? You, my friend, do you believe that you're an amazing person? If you don't, it's time to start doing that. Because the fact is that you become what you believe that you are. You are what you say you are, you are what you feel you are. Begin to feel like the person you want to be and you will be that person. The person you want to be is secretly that person inside of you right now. So all you have to do is allow him or her to come to the surface. Reveal your true self to yourself, to the world, to everybody else in your life and watch what happens. It's amazing. I'm serious. Allow yourself to be amazing. My friend, allow yourself to be amazing. Now it's time for the question of the day. The question of the day is have you ever felt the way that this commenter felt? Have you ever felt like you couldn't talk about yourself? Like when someone asked you a question about yourself, that you were stumped you didn't know what to say or you just didn't believe that they were really interested and so you didn't say and did you ever feel uncomfortable talking about yourself after narcissistic abuse because of the fact that you weren't allowed to do that around the narcissist share your thoughts in the comments below let's talk about it you guys know even a single comment can save someone's life change someone's life it can tell them your advice let us hear it that's all i've got for you today i hope that was helpful for you have a wonderful day Leave me a comment. I will pick, I've been trying to pick a comment almost every video to respond to by video. So if you leave me a comment, you may get a video response from me tomorrow. Never know. So, otherwise though, I will respond in the comments. Have a wonderful day everybody. I will see you soon. Thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. Thank you for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. Good morning, survivors and happy Monday. Today, I'm going to share with you 10 shocking ways that narcissists mess with your head and manipulate you. All right, so let's get started. My name is Angie Jackinson, and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life. But first, do you have your coffee? So we all know how narcissists have a tendency to have weak egos, they're not very competent in certain ways, and in general, um, they have a pretty skewed perception of themselves and everyone around them. So that's why it's important to be able to spot them quickly when you're going about your daily life. So number one, the first thing that they do that's quite shocking and pretty annoying is they try to compete with you, okay, about anything, you know, they're very well known because they have fragile egos, they're very self-centered, they lack perspective, all of this stuff. But the very moment that you try to be yourself, improve yourself, or advance yourself in any way, a narcissist will start trying to take that away from you. They will belittle you, reduce you, do anything they can to make you feel like less than, okay? Because the very best way that they can as a fragile ego type, (laughs) uh, the very best way that they can feel better for themselves is to take someone else down a couple notches. It's unfortunate, but it's true. I'm sure it's because they lack the ability to have empathy for other people. Um, Another thing that they will try to do is they will see their interactions with you as a game, right? So obviously because they have no real substance and, you know, they're more likely to play games than other people, um, you probably have seen this. They appear incredibly friendly to people they don't know, uh, but once, you know, once they get behind closed doors, they're a different person. People they don't know, they want to, you know, impress because they think it'll help them somehow gain prestige and, you know, make their lives better, and they'll they'll get more attention, they'll get more whatever. And when they receive what they want, you know, they obviously they turn on people that truly know them. And so it it seems like they like to play a game. And in fact, they will often accuse you, you're playing games with me, man. And that's not really the case, but that's what they say because, again, they're projecting as usual. So... Uh, you know, I, I like to see it as they have the emotional maturity of like a You know, depending on what date it is, a three-year-old or a 15-year-old or whatever They almost never have the emotional maturity of an actual adult and it's sad, but sure They might even go so far as to create a smear campaign against you as part of their game because They think it's helping them somehow to improve their lives or their status uh, it It's about having other people look at them in some way, whether they want pity or they want, you know, whatever. That's what that's about. Number three, they tend to be passive aggressive in their communication. So they are obviously immature. And like we already talked about the mental age issue. But in some cases, uh, you might meet narcissists who seem amazing. And later, of course, you find out they were just playing a social game like we talked about. But it's it's very likely that they will engage in passive aggressive behavior um, which will like, you know, they'll they'll do the narcissistic injury thing or like I said, they will um, play the mean girl or mean guy thing or uh, you know, they create tension where it doesn't need to be basically and of course when this happens they are just attempting to control your emotions because they want your supply and If they switch up their behaviors, they can absolutely achieve that. Number four, they refuse to give you any peace. So you know, because of their own issues, they often, you know, will hold on to stuff. They, you know, so if you have a tiny argument, let's just make up one right now. Uh, the sky is blue, you know, and the narcissist might say, no, the sky is green, and I can't believe you would think the sky was blue. What in the hell is wrong with you? Da da da, da, da. And then they literally might get angry at you for having the opinion that the sky is blue, and this might go on for days or weeks or months even where every time anything happens, they go, oh, but you're so stupid, you said the sky was blue that one time ten years ago, or whatever. Uh, it's it's a, it's, it's because they are incapable of interacting on a mature level. Uh, their age, job title, you know, <laughs> whatever degrees they have, etc., none of it matters, and none of it um, has any influence on their behavior, sadly enough, uh, because if they become triggered and their narcissistic crap kicks in, they, you know, once they're angry, it's too late. And, and it's almost impossible to ask forgiveness. So I guess they hold grudges a lot. They like the feeling of being tense and anxious, and they want you to feel that way all the time. I know that sounds bizarre, but I think it's really, you know, about holding on to um, control. And I think if they think if, if you're reacting emotionally to them in any way, that's okay, that that's control for them. Number five, sometimes they'll express their emotions like a child and what I mean by that is that you know because they are emotionally and psychologically delayed, let's say, (laughs) uh, they will struggle with actually expressing themselves in any kind of healthy way. So if you try your best to placate their ego while you're dealing with them, by complimenting them or staying out of their way, you have a better opportunity to not have to deal with this. Uh, but of course, as always, no contact is the best way, my friend. <laughs> Number six, they play the drama game so hard and, and they do it unnecessarily, where there doesn't need to be drama. They, they almost always thrive on it and, you know, because basically it takes the attention off of them in some way. Sometimes they'll create drama just in order to hide something that they've done. So if they've cheated on you, for example, they might pick at the fact that, you know, you put away a dirty dish one time or that you, you know, um, have opinions different than theirs or whatever. And, and they'll blow it up into something much bigger than it needs to be in order to take the attention off them. I like to call that narcissistic deflection. Number seven, they will, they will, you know, gather little armies against you. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Well, they need to feel powerful. They need to feel like they own everything. And the best way for them to do that is to create a group of people around them that I like to call flying monkeys. Sometimes these people are willing flying monkeys and sometimes they're people who don't really realize what's happening. In any case, the narcissist is happy to use people against you. Uh, So the best way that they can do that is to create a little clique or a little group of people around them that allows them to maintain some kind of positive reputation. And when things go wrong in the person's life, the narcissist's life, you know, the people who are their flying monkeys will rush to the rescue. Um, And I think one of the things that's interesting about this particular topic is that when you have a narcissist with such a group around them they will often say to you things like Everybody knows you're crazy. Everybody knows there's all these things wrong with you Everybody knows you treat me like crap, whatever they you know, whatever it is that they're trying to put on your face and and if you actually would say to them (laughs) You know and I've done this in in situations like this. Who's everybody? Who's everybody? They don't have any idea Sometimes it is the click of people that they've gathered up their little flying monkeys, and sometimes they're just making it up, and if you call them out on it, they may even give you a name, and that person might even pretend to back them up. but a lot of times it's not everybody who knows anything. It's just them trying to get their way again. Number eight, they brag. They try to get attention in funny ways. They use any intelligence they have to gain people's approval and attention and And of course, everybody uses social media but they will find a way to blow up their accomplishments and make them seem way bigger than they are. Um, a lot of times through social media, not always, but depending on the age of the narcissist, social media may be a big tool for them and they may use it to get supply. For example, when you get in an argument with a narcissist, you might find that they post a bunch of negative crap on their page about you. And of course, in my opinion, this is all about, or, or subtle things that are obviously directed at you, but aren't really. And you know, not directed at you uh, and a lot of times they will use this in order of course to get attention. They'll embellish their accomplishments, brag and seem very un- inauthentic. You know, they'll seem totally fake because they are. It's the false self right there. Mm, crazy, huh? Number nine, they act like children behave in immature ways. Uh, they struggle to be mature, especially when it's necessary for them to be that way. For example, Uh, You know in the workplace in public Anywhere they they can get revenge be vindictive. They just don't care. They have no Concern for appearing to be a mature adult. (laughs) It's true and crazy In fact most people who are narcissistic will go the extra mile just to hurt you on purpose Um, They will Put extra effort into making life miserable for their their victims. They will go that extra mile they will make you uncomfortable, you know, if, if it's your, like say your narcissistic mother, she'll show up at your house and make you feel uncomfortable. And you can think back and you, you can think to yourself, gosh, I never really felt totally comfortable around my mother. There's a reason, my friend. Number 10, goes back to the flying monkeys again, because they will pull in other people, sometimes people in your church, people in your neighborhood, uh, other parents from school, you know, uh, just, just random people sometimes to work against you especially if they're angry with you they'll smear campaign the crap out of you and they don't care who they hurt or who especially you or who has to be involved to do it They will stoop to any level there's literally nothing a narcissist will not do to get what they want i don't think um so something to think about i mean most of them won't kill somebody but they're uh, you know while not are not all narcissists are sociopaths or psychopaths i think all sociopaths and psychopaths are narcissists So something to think about. All right, I'm going to wrap up. I've got to get Sophie to school and get my day started. So you guys have a wonderful day. I'll see you later today for another video. And as always, thanks for letting me be a part of your day and a part of your life. And hey, thanks for being a part of mine. It really does mean a lot to me. (laughs) It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot, take it now and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together. We're gonna talk about how to train a narcissist. Now this tactic is not in any way negative and in fact it is a non-toxic repeatable two-step plan to get a narcissist to treat you better. Are you ready? Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and this channel is all about teaching you what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Sometimes you're gonna find yourself in a toxic relationship with a narcissist and even though you realize that your best option would be to leave or go no contact because Of course it is. It's not always a real possibility in real life. I mean in some situations, it's not an option at all. For example, even if you leave your narcissistic spouse, if you have a child together, you really have no choice but to continue to deal with that person until your child's at least 18. And then you're gonna have to deal with grandkids and birthday parties and all this other crazy stuff. The fact is, if you have a child with a narcissist there and the narcissist will be in the child's life, you will have to deal with the narcissist. All these people who are like, why don't you just leave, whether you leave or not, you still have to deal with the person. The other thing is, sometimes maybe you're working with a narcissist and you can't quit your job for whatever reason, you know, like I don't know, you need money, you need to eat, stuff like that. Not that I'm negative or anything, but I get frustrated when people are like, you just have to leave. Well, of course you just have to leave, but sometimes you just can't leave, okay. That's what I'm talking about today. This is why I'm sharing this type of advice with you. There are two steps you can take to make a narcissist be nice to you and here they are. Number one, do not reward bad behavior with the reaction that a narcissist is looking for. Your only response to bad, quote-unquote bad behavior has to be the gray rock method. This can and may induce narcissistic rage, yes. It may induce narcissistic injury, extreme gaslighting and other forms of manipulation. You may feel angry and upset and want to react, but don't do it no matter what. You have to stay positive and you have to stay polite. It's gonna feel hard at first. A couple of tips for you. Stare off right past their forehead or 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 over their shoulder and just focus on something else. Do that four corners of the screen deal that I taught you before where you look upper left-hand corner, upper right-hand corner, lower left-hand corner, lower right-hand corner, so on and so forth. Just follow the the box. Remember that it's not your fault and you can just stay focused on analyzing them, so to speak. I've always taken an intellectual approach to, to this sort of thing. If you can just look at it as Okay, these are patterns that other people repeat. Then these can't be directly my fault. If you're not being abused or you don't fear being physically abused, this can work. So this is step one. Do not reward bad behavior with the reaction they want. If a narcissist comes to you and starts screaming and yelling and normally you'd scream and yell back, don't do it. If the narcissist comes to you and wants you to cry and says you're horrible and don't do things right and da-da-da-da and they try to make you cry, don't cry. Any kind of negative interaction that, that you would have with a narcissist, you must discourage by not responding in the way that they desire and you know what they want because if they keep coming after you, for example, if you never do the laundry ride or coming home too late from work and really it's just because your hours are that way, constantly fighting with the narcissist over something that isn't really a big deal or that isn't in within your control, if you think about how you've reacted in the past when they brought that to you, react differently. If you've gotten upset, don't get upset. Don't give them any reaction at all or only give them a, a very calm and polite reaction. You go, okay, I'll take care of that. Drop it, don't continue. Number two, reward good behavior with what the narcissist needs from you really love, admiration, and his or her proper space on a pedestal. If the narcissist behaves him or herself, even if you recognize it as a stage, as a as a classifiable behavior, such as love bombing or idealization, that's better than the other stuff. So when you're going through the good phases, you can encourage the narcissist to stick to those better behaviors and those more positive interactions by rewarding them for that behavior. So tell them how amazing they are, how wonderful, how perfect and do it as sincerely as you can. Just as a side note here, even if you're dealing with an accident, a co-parenting situation or a coworker, you can still do this, just adjust it to make it appropriate for the situation. So instead of telling your coworker, oh my god, you're so handsome <laughs> or beautiful, you can tell your coworker, oh my gosh, I really appreciate that you did this for me today. Oh my gosh, it's so cool that you do this thing at work. Just adjust it to make it appropriate. Those are the two steps. Step one, do not reward bad behavior with a reaction, do the gray rock method. Step two, reward good behavior with what the narcissist wants from you love, admiration, place on the pedestal, etc. And this is the final thing to remember, you cannot expect miracles. Narcissists do not change, for the most part. So you have to make sure that you understand that this will be your new way of life, if you choose to do this. You have to be consistent. So when it comes to your dealing with a narcissist, you have to be consistently this way all the time. If you slip, which you will, you have to go oops I slipped and you have to come right back because at the moment you do, the narcissist will take advantage of that. Of course, you can never stop these practices if you really want to keep this thing going. The narcissist absolutely will and repeatedly will try to work in those various bad behaviors because that's who they are. Manipulation, abuse abuse tactics, all of it, they'll work it right into their, their their shtick, because that's what they do and the only way that you can control that at all, is to be very in control of your own emotions and try these two steps. You can do it if you choose to. What do you think? Can you avoid rewarding bad behavior and can you make sure that you do reward good behavior? And can you do this forever? Can you do this without losing yourself entirely. I think it's possible. I don't think that it's something you're gonna want to really do forever, but in a case, in a situation like where you're dealing with an ex or you're dealing with a boss at work or something like that or a coworker, this is your fix. What do you think? Let's talk about it. Share your thoughts in the comments below. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body, take care of your soul, nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot. Take it now, and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.